Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Capitalist Investor. As always, you have me, Diamond Hands D. Uh, we don't have Luke this week, but we still have Tony. Tony. How you doing, Tony? <laughs> I'm doing well, man. I'm a little tired. The My four-year-old got me last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah, a little, little under the weather and she let me know about it. Yep. So, one of those mornings. It happens. It happens. Yeah. All right, man. What, um... <clears throat> What do you got for me? What are we What are we talking about today? So, um, so yeah, we got some some good topics this week. Um, some actually some really good some really good topics because I have a few a few things to say <laughs> on these topics. There but go. Um, an interesting article that we found um, that basically says one in eight retirees are going back to work in 2024. So we're gonna dig in as to why. Uh, obviously, a big uh, earnings call will happen. Um, Wednesday after the bell, so pretty much uh, the next day after this uh, episode comes out. Yeah, so we're talking before the 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 announcement. You'll probably people will probably hear about it after. So you get yep. to hear us <laughs> completely whiff on what it's about to happen. At the I, we've been doing pretty well on these right. lately, actually. Right. And then we'll talk about canceled and in, uh, in New York State. Um, it's it's not good. No. <laughs> All right, man. So one in eight. One in eight, one in eight retirees are going back to work. Yep. Um, my immediate reaction to that is, you know, one out of eight. I mean, things happen, right? I understand inflation is is first and foremost. Things are just mm-hmm. more expensive, and and people aren't expect weren't expecting this, and you know, maybe put a wrench into right. retirement game plan, right? Especially if you retired maybe three, four, five years ago. Now it's even. Mm. <laughs> uh, you know, exponential uh, more cost, but there's also life events, family events. It, it could be where they live. You know, the cost of living in in different parts of the country are extraordinarily different. Yep, <laughs> you saw that one too, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, the difference between living in California versus, I'll just say, Cleveland or Cleveland, <laughs> Ohio, or Oklahoma, like it's a million dollars goes half as far in in California. Than it does with in in a, maybe a flyover state like uh, like mm-hmm. Ohio and um, Oklahoma. But I, I was actually having this conversation with um, somebody, uh, um, you know, a, a newer client that lives in California. You mm-hmm. know, and we were talking about like they were asking me like, do we have enough? In and am I we're gonna? Does, how does everything look? And I'm like, well, the fact that you live in California and spend <laughs> what you do like. Mm-hmm. I feel pretty good about your plan <laughs> because they're just, you know, like they're, everything's about to be paid off. They're about, you know, but everything that they own is like, I mean, their house is one and a half million dollars. I mean, in Ohio, you have a one and a half million dollar house and it could take up a city block. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's just the, again, re- region is, is such a big deal. Um, but it, it, it makes me question though is you know it comes down to for us and our clients derek is um financial plan do you Mm -hmm. have a plan that has the right inflation rates in it do you have a financial plan i also Mm -hmm. start there you know (laughs) have you mapped out have you built a plan so that you can look into the future right right? so that you know that oh i'm sorry no go ahead no you're good you know that 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 is exactly you know the first thing that came to mind as as i was reading this um, because the people going back to work, 61% of them, um, cited rising costs. Uh, but basically 34%, um, said, 
that they cut it too tight and they don't have enough and they miscalculated a little bit and and they need a little a little extra to make to make ends meet. Yeah. So basically, you know, <clears throat> a third of these people going back to work have admitted that they just didn't really have much of a plan. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, another thirty four percent was paying down debt. Um, and this is this is a huge one. You know, as soon as, you know, people start talking to us, you know, about uh, their plan or retirement planning, you know, everyone wants to focus on investments. Right. And and obviously investments are important and, and you have to, you know, reduce <clears throat> kind of the standard deviation and the volatility in your in your portfolio. But you can accomplish so much just by having a good financial plan and knowing kind of what you're up against. Um, in case in point is spending, you know, if, if you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year, um, and you're accumulating, you know, five, seven, $10,000 of credit card debt every year, you're just spending above your means. So if you're clearing, you know, $70,000 after taxes and, and maybe a little 401k savings, you know, you're spending 75 or 80, right? right? That's not going to be sustainable through a financial plan. And if you put that number seventy thousand in the plan <laughs> instead of eighty or eighty five where it needs to be, that's going to make a huge difference in in your overall plan. So yeah, the, no, whenever whenever we meet somebody for the first time, they never have taken the the time or energy or thought pattern to do a budget. Right, it's just not like hey, I make you know I spend what I make or whatever mm-hmm. you know, just like <laughs> the scenario you just said, like and I, and I might rack up a little bit of debt. So okay, like you're spending over X. Yep. <laughs> right and. Um, so that's why when, you know, the, one of the things that we'll do is I, I know that we built a lot of plans for our clients with the 3% inflation rate, but, um, but that was during 2010, 2020. Right. And inflation was zero to 2% through mm-hmm. that whole time. So we were overinflating. Now right. it's, now we got to say like, okay, does it normalize under three? Cause we still use 3% mm-hmm. because we just feel that this last few couple of years have just been a, a spike, right? A, a, a significant spike. I think it will normalize, but I think three percent will be a good number going forward. But that's why we always talk with our planning team to see, hey, do we need to readjust these these plans? Yep. So, um, so that's one thing. And then also building the what if. You know, if if your if your budget is right, you know what can't what if what what if I spent more? What if I spent less? What if I worked longer? Mm-hmm. You know, just building those those what if scenarios inside a financial plan is such a big deal. Yep, absolutely. <clears throat> and that's and when you're when you're building a financial plan, especially towards the beginning, I think uh, kind of what you were alluding to there, you know, building in um, some conservatism, you know, yes. so you're not just, you know, trying to, you know, bounce your last check <laughs> on this earth, basically. Right. You really that's why, you know, when we're working on these plans and, you know, our clients are getting closer to retirement, I really want their Monte Carlo score to be an 80 percent. You know, right. we, we say 70 percent is kind of the, the minimum for a working plan. But when all is said and done and we have all, you know, all the different moves in there, all the tax strategies, all, you know, income strategies, when all that's put together and we're still at an 80 percent Monte Carlo and we factored in inflation and we've, you know, budgeted properly um, that you're you're just so much more confident than, you know, just having kind of a a goal based financial plan that took 20 minutes to run that says, well, if you get six percent, you'll be okay. Right, it, the the goal based plan versus the cash flow based plan. Yeah, I mean it sounds real technical, but basically <laughs> it's like what comes in, what goes out, cash flow. 
mm-hmm. you know, and rather than saying, hey, I think I spend this and I think I'll spend that, you yeah. know, those are goals, right? So the cash flow based plan is a lot more sophisticated, more in depth. But the one thing I, I, I like the word that you used, and I'll end on this, is that the, the conservatism side of it. You know, I know that when we build plans, I know we have people live in the 95. You yeah. know, the average <laughs> is 85, you know, the mortality rate. And people are like, I'm not going to live that long. And I'm like, that's fine. I still want to build your plans. So like, it's just a layer of conservatism. I want your money to last longer on the back end of your life. Yep. Um, so we don't run out of money. And then also investment returns. Mm-hmm. You know, the last decade has had high single digit average returns, right. if not higher. Well, we build our plans like around five or 6%. Mm-hmm. Just what it, you know, cause can this continue? <laughs> can this, this rapid rise over the last decade? continue the market continue to go straight up right question mark probably right? not <laughs> i'm let's hope so we're trying our best mm-hmm. but you know i'd rather plan around lower returns and then overachieve yep. obviously so all right um nvidia yep. everyone's sweetheart <clears throat> the darling is uh reporting today so what do you got d what do you what, what are you feeling well you know if, if i'm being completely honest i, I really haven't studied the the revenue numbers of nvidia before today um but it's astonishing <laughs> the numbers that they're that they're looking for yeah um basically uh, the, the revenue number that they're looking for for the quarter i believe is 20.4 billion that's for the quarter their 2022 entire revenue <laughs> was 27 billion their entire <laughs> revenue the, wow yep. Um, and at this time last year was the, the quarter was 6.1 billion. Wow. So, I mean, it's just absolutely massive numbers that they're reporting and, um, you know, it's being exponential growth, I guess that backs up <laughs> the exponential growth of the actual stock too, yep. which is crazy. And, and that was going to be one of my, my main points, you know, um, well, we can talk about predictions here, um, in a minute, but it's, um, <clears throat> Normally, kind of the life cycle of these these high flying stocks, right? Is you, um, you know, there's like Tesla, right? It took Tesla a very long time to be you know, to actually make revenue, and there was a lot of people making a lot of pet bets on Tesla for a very long time that it was, you know, basically going to turn into the the company that it is today. Um, <clears throat> this this uh, Nvidia with with AI, you know, being the leader in AI, it seems to have come out of nowhere. And the, but there's also massive revenue numbers to, to back it up immediately, which is what what you don't see a lot of, you know, when yeah. when people are speculating, right? Uh, which is which is pretty crazy. And in the these data centers, um, which actually we'll talk a little bit about um, in the last uh, segment here, um, I think that that's that's what the analysts are saying is going to be the key number is the the revenue from the data centers. Um, and I think that alone is going to be set. They're expecting about 17 billion, um, in revenue just from those da- data centers. So, yeah. so, so I was, I was on, um, I was on, uh, you know, Fox, Fox business yesterday, Clayman, and I, and I prepared something for more NVIDIA in case she asked. Mm-hmm. And so think about this. So like the CEO of NVIDIA came out and said, Hey, we're in about the second or third inning of this <laughs> growth. Right. And if they continue to grow the way they're growing, like it could be a seven trillion dollar company. I mean, like hypothetically, yeah, but I mean, but ridiculous. it could. Yeah. It, it's it's <laughs> hyperbolic, right? It, it's it's uh, parabolic um, on on the growth of mm-hmm. of this stock right now. And 
in my opinion, I think it's it's priced for perfection. It's up 40% year to date. <laughs> year to date, mm-hmm. right? And over the last two days, the last two <clears throat> trading days of what I've seen on Tuesday and Wednesday going into their earnings is that a lot of uh, the AI stocks have like come down, mm-hmm. like AMD, yep. NVIDIA. Um, are they a little worried about you know what's happening? Is it is it priced too great for perfection? <laughs> um, you know there must be some kind of concern out there, but you know the, but we, we still own Nvidia in, in one of our portfolios, and but we manage risk. We don't just buy it, and we, it's not up four hundred percent in our portfolio. Right. It's it's we trim it every time it gets to a certain level because we're managing risk. Um, and and the biggest thing that what I'm really noticing right now is even on some of the bad days of the market, it feels like Nvidia is flat or maybe even up. Yep. So as people get squirrely and skittish on the rest of the market, is this the new like remember like I know like Nvidia's been compared to like Cisco mm-hmm. back in like the dot com right. days and stuff mm-hmm. and how that was parabolic. Yeah. Or, or you know parabolic kind of growth mm-hmm. on on that stock they're comparing a lot of it to you know Nvidia to like what that is and if you if you look at that chart like how much Cisco came back down to earth in right. a quick amount of time <laughs> it, as as fast as it went up as fast as it went down right yeah so with caution um is it okay to be involved in Nvidia sure do you want to put push all in I, I don't know if I would do that um <clears throat> And that's why, like managing risk, um, whether you're investing on your own or, or you know, what our investment team does mm-hmm. is very important. Um, but it maybe is can this can this one particular stock carry the rest of the market? That's what everyone's hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but it's turned into a it's going to be a giant referendum on you know AI and tech in general and and the economy going forward. Yeah, the, this one earnings call. So I don't know if it's going to be all of that, um, but you know, if the, if the numbers are big, you know, I think you could even see it move up from from where it is right now. I mean, that, I mean there's price targets of $1,000 out there. <laughs> and if you look at that, that's a 50% gain yep. from where it is today. Like, mm-hmm. well, we saw 50% in the first month and a half right. of, the, of the year in this stock. So uh, just this year alone, the, the movement has been tremendous. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. But the one thing that I, I did talk that I, I was going to be prepared to talk about that I thought was pretty interesting was... Um, my my theme was about uh, nuclear energy mm-hmm. for um, and, and how that's a great alternative energy source. Yep. And you know, I went on there and I talked about Cameco because they're a uranium miner up in Canada, and um, that would just that's the fuel for nuclear power, right? Right. Um, but I, I the one of the themes because they they the the show likes to have Wall Street Journal type of headlines for mm-hmm. a topic and you know nothing's more secular sexier than uh, nuclear power right <laughs> so i said how you know my theme was how the ai push could lead to a nuclear revolution because mm-hmm. think about this um when bitcoin was all the craze you had all these miners 
right? And and they talked about how much energy they were using and the data centers, the cooling centers to keep these machines cool while they these machines work nonstop yep. to mine Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. AI is nearly the same thing. Why? Because when they start, when AI starts, quote unquote, thinking, they are using energy constantly. They, it just doesn't stop. Like right now, they said if if Google were to transition their whole platform to AI, they would, first of all, need $100 billion of infrastructure, <laughs> which they just physically can't do. I'm sure they can do the money part, but like the equipment isn't available to yep. do, do such a mass move. But they said that their energy suck would be nearly two to three X of what it is now. It would be the size of a small country's complete <laughs> energy suck, like Ireland or something yep. like that. Like that's how much energy would go into if AI were to just be immediately implemented. Yep. Um, but obviously there's, you know, supply chain issues, things like that to, to get us there tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I thought that was pretty interesting. But the, the and how I tied that together is saying, okay, well, if we're trying to get to a, you know, a, a carbon neutral worldwide agenda, right? right? <laughs> um, solar and solar and winds stink, right? They're just not they're not ready for prime time. Is you know the what I arrived at mm-hmm. where nuclear's got like more of a fifty year track right. record. Yep, and it's cleaner. It's more dependable. It's been around a while. Um, but the, the push would need to be there, right, and build these plants. Uh, luckily, in Washington, there's actually bipartisan support. Uh, Biden administration has been pumping billions into power plants, and Trump's openly said that he, he doesn't mind nuclear and thinks it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. So um, <clears throat> maybe maybe regardless of who's in the, pre- in, in the president of the United States come November, it doesn't matter. Nuclear could be, you know, that alternative push. You never know. So yeah, absolutely, but think of, I mean, with all that energy that it requires for AI, are we, are we ready for that? Uh, we are not, no, I don't think so. <laughs> we are most so. definitely not, but definitely went on a tangent <clears throat> there, but, um, you know, it, it's, um, it's amazing on how fast it's coming and are we prepared for the AI revolution? We will yep. find out <laughs> two interesting questions and, uh, we, we shall definitely find out here. <laughs> If not later uh, today, um, definitely in the coming months. You think? What do you? What? Looking into your crystal ball, what? It, what? What? It, do they, oh yeah. Do, do they beat and and perform? And are they going to be up ten percent after the bell, or are they going to come down a little bit? Yeah. So I think um, I think what you'll see is the numbers. The numbers will be good. Um, I think they'll they'll hit on most of their key key targets. Um, and I think it's going to be more of like a sell the news type of situation combined with um, I think people might not like the the guidance that they give. Yeah. Because um, the guidance that they would need to give is is pretty insane. Right. It, <laughs> uh, like, like we said, 200. What, we're going to have 300 yeah. percent next quarter or whatever, whatever that might look like. Yeah. And then plus you have like the, the trade restrictions that have been put on China. How much mm-hmm. is that really going to hurt them? We'll, we'll, right. we'll hear what they have to say about that. Um, but I like what you have to say. Sell the news. It's already up 40%. Right. Does that mean, you know, if it does pull back, the, you know, so like timing, time in the market is better than timing the market. If you own it, I'm not sitting here telling you to sell because if you, yep. it, it is probably a very long-term play now. Um, but if you don't own it, you know, if you miss out on 10% on the upside, the, 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 the backside, uh, the, 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 the bad side of the story, mm-hmm. you know, 
buying it before earnings. I think you should watch, see what happens. If it pulls back, then probably in a good entry point yep. is what I would imagine. So we shall see. Yeah, you know, I think going forward, it's going to be a lot like um, a lot like Apple was <clears throat> um, maybe five, six, seven years ago. Um, just kind of a stock you just want to own. You don't really want to trade on it. Right. You don't really want to try to predict the, the future. It's just one that's going to be a good long-term name for a very long time. Right. I mean, and plus it's like, you know, somewhere between, it's around $700 a share. I mean, what, what happens if they decide to split it? Right. You know, do a five to one or 10 to one split and allows, you know, smaller investors to get involved. Yep. You know, so um, we'll see. We shall see. All right. Canceled. Hit me with it. Yep. So, I mean, this this ties in perfectly with um, what we were just talking about. So, you know, basically, um, I, I saw, I just happened to, to look up and, and catch it live. Um, but um, Mr. Wonderful um, Kevin, Kevin, o- Kevin O'Leary. Kevin, Kevin a uh, big watch guy, uh, by the way. <laughs> he, yeah, <laughs> um, he was on TV showing off all of his watches. Oh, was That's he? Cra- oh, yeah. He he brought in his whole collection. <clears throat> Holy he, cow! Yeah, he's he's made the uh, he's made the rounds on on the internet as well with the um, with the watch people. Uh, but anyway, so he was on he was on a bunch of different networks actually, um, talking about um, Trump basically and the three hundred and fifty million dollar, uh, uh, you know. Um, um, penalty, I guess, <laughs> that was issued against him uh, in the state of New York. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a long story, but, and I don't really want to talk about it. But basically, um, Trump got in trouble, I guess, quote unquote, for doing what essentially every single real estate developer in the whole entire world does. Um, and that's what O'Leary was on telling, you know, not only Fox, but I saw him on CNN too. Um, you know, basically, there, there's no victim. <laughs> and um, what Kevin O'Leary was saying on that clip was essentially people like him, um, investors, um, there is essentially no chance whatsoever that they would ever do business in, in a quote unquote loser state like New York. That's what that's what Mr. Wonderful said. Um, and he, he's not usually, you know, a hot take guy. Um, <laughs> right. So for him to say that, um, and basically the example he gave was the data centers, <laughs> you know, is basically New York and California. They are just essentially last in, in line in places that you would want to go to, to, you know, build out a facility like that. It's a, it's a, a $4 billion facility, he was saying. Um, and, you know, the, the regulation is ridiculous. The cost of living is ridiculous. Um, and what we were just talking about, the energy, right? Um, that, that's energy is, was one of the big reasons people are leaving those states um, and moving to places like Texas with, you know, uh, abundant energy and, and less regulation. But yeah, so, you know, essentially um, on one side, you have, you know, basically just a horrible business environment. On the other side, you got people getting fined $350 million for basically doing just exactly what everyone else is doing. Trying to get a good deal. Yep. <laughs> got, got, got a good deal. Yep. Got, a, got a bank to okay the deal. Yep. Paid him, paid off the bank, yet he's still getting jammed up. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. And and so, the, the I mean, obvious, in my opinion, um, this seemed like the very pointed objective type of lawsuit against, you know, former President Trump. Yep. It just, that's... 
optically that's what it looks like you know <laughs> um is there merit behind it I, hard to say um but um but when the bank comes out and says this dude didn't do anything wrong, like we're, we're, we're okay. And we lent him the money. We got paid back. We made money on the deal, Yep. you know, but I guess the state's like, well, you guys had a backdoor deal. It said it should have been worth $300 million deal and you did 200. So we missed out on tax revenue. Yeah. Essentially what happened, right. Is that's what they're going after. But now you have companies like Remington, the gun company, mm -hmm. go, I saw that, that they're talking about moving Grant Cardone, a uh, big real estate mogul yep. um, talking about like he will not be partaking in anything <laughs> in New York. Um, yeah, I think they they nixed uh, Trump from doing any deals in New York <laughs> now. And but now you have, you know, and they're saying, hey, like Florida and Texas, hot, hot states to move to um, for for building your business. And, and I think a lot of it has to do like with the state tax, the um, I guess. I call it maybe pro business, you know, pro capitalism. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, for the red states that they are, and um, you know, so yeah, Florida. But, but the thing that they don't have any state tax—that's a big deal. They get you <laughs> other places like sales tax and uh, items like that. But um, but it's crazy. They they said that you know New York already has a fifty percent um, you know, vacancy. You know, like mm -hmm. fifty percent of the buildings are full. Yep. Um. You see that going up, right? <laughs> After what just happened, you know, how, how, how many people want to say like, yeah, I think New York's where I want to land, uh, you know, and it's scary because you don't know, who, you know, who the, who the courts will go after. That, that's exactly what they were saying. Yeah. The, the governor came out and she said, um, Hey, I know, you know, don't worry guys, we're, we're not going to do this to you. You know, Trump was just misbehaving and everyone else is like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I could go down at any point in any, time right. whenever anyone d wants to try to attack me. Um, and n no one seems to care, honestly. Yeah. No one seems to care. And it's, it's a wild, wild thing. I, I, I wonder, <clears throat> I wonder how, what, he, I wonder what president, former president Trump does, right? Does he, um, appeal and create more tax litigation to try and win? Mm -hmm. Or does he just burn more money on litigation and still have to owe the fine and penalty? Right. Yep. I, it'll be interesting. He said he's going to appeal. Um, but I mean, I've, you know, seen that other side of the, the thing. It's like, man, is it, it might just be worth it to walk away because it can get extremely expensive. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, bad, bad situation. For just sure. all, all, all the way around for, for, president trump for people not president trump so all uh, right man well good stuff this week you have any uh parting shots you know what i got nothing my my daughter sucked it out of me <laughs> <laughs> she got me last night man um so you know it's hard to it's hard not to go in there when she's calling your name yeah you know i'm like oh yeah i gotta gotta do this and then oh yeah then i tried to get up and she go and she basically looked at me and she goes what? What are you doing? <laughs> Where are you going? <laughs> no, I'm like, I guess I'll lay back down. <laughs> nice. So. All, All right. right. Well, uh, thanks everyone for listening this week. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, hit us up at info at swpconnect.com and we'll talk to you next week.
The opinions expressed in the podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any investment, legal, financial, or tax strategy. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. Please consult a qualified professional about your individual needs.